It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris and friends are getting the discussion together. So it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your host of the man cave, J.D. Harris and friends. Well, it's Wednesday again, and we're back uh, talking some sports. Uh, it was a great weekend here in Arizona. I'm, like, waiting for it to actually cool down. Uh, I think next week we get down to the 80s, so your boy would be back to normal. I usually don't complain about the weather here, but for it to be, like, towards the end of October and the 90s and early 80s, it's kind of killing you, boy. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay at home uh, and not go to the studio because if you ever go to the studio, those of you that have been si- inside our studio, it is like 50 degrees. And I'd rather be warm or comfortable at home than uh, at the studio. So doing a little of that today. Uh, I am so excited about the fact that since last week, the Cubs – beat the Dodgers, uh, and is old news for our listeners, but you don't really, if you're not from Chicago, I don't know if you really understand what it means to that city or to Chicagoans to see the Cubs in the World Series. Uh, Before it was, I mean, we've been the butt of a lot of jokes in terms of the baseball world, and with me, not ever being a uh, baseball expert, you know, just a casual fan here and there. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even watch a baseball game until it kicks in about this time of the year. Um, I'll go to a preseason game uh, just because all the, cac- the Cactus League is the Sox and the Dodgers are right down the road and things like that. So I'll watch the games there. Um, but then it's once it hits October playoffs and um, World Series, that kind of draws my interest. And so it was really funny because I lived in Cleveland, and those who are from my hometown, uh, Rick Bay, whose father, uh, Ot Bay, who was a long time uh, coach, coached my dad in wrestling and my, um, just an impact in our city. His son, Rick or Mike, I believe it was, ran the Cleveland Indians uh, franchise for a while. He was the general manager. And I actually worked in Cleveland with the Browns. So uh, is that tie. And actually, in 1998, the last time the uh, Cleveland Indians, I hate saying that term with them, but when Cleveland went to the World Series, they played against the Florida Marlins. And that just so happened, that was the uh, game where, or the day we were supposed to play uh, working with the Chicago Bears. We were playing the Dolphins, and going into that game, I think it was week eight, we hadn't won a game. And we are playing against uh, Jimmy Johnson, and that was Dave Wanstead's mentor and good friend. And so we were supposed to play on Sunday night, and they ended up moving the game uh, to Monday night. And so I was able to catch game seven of the World Series where Cleveland lost. So I'm hoping, um, with all this going on, that it's a similar thing that, Cleveland loses, and this time the Cubs win. Um, But what's very interesting is that you have a lot of people that are just going in, uh, like, just a level of support to see, like, even 
Dwayne Wade and the LeBron James uh, little wager about who do you think who they think is going to win, and they have to come when they play each other. You have to wear the opposing team's uh, gear to the stadium. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then even the Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf and the organization just really giving, you know, shout outs to the team. And I think that's just class personified. Uh, but we'll, it's really interesting if or when the Cubs win, the reaction to the city. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. The crazier thing, though, both games are in cold cities. So that kind of, I, I would have to say that would suck for me to go to a baseball game. Now, I think my blood's thinned out here now that I'm in Arizona. And most of the time I sit inside a dome and stuff like that. So I've gotten kind of pampered at this point in time in my life. I, I guess that's what happens when you get older, sit back a little bit more and relax and go from there. Uh, but anyway, so I could see. I was a little concerned last night with the game. I was like, uh, is anyone at the Cubs going to swing? But at the same time, a lot of people felt like, okay, the umpire is um, really get the strike zone for the Cubs and, the, and Cleveland were different. Um, so it, it, was, it was pretty interesting. And I, I would have to say that I was a little frustrated with that as well. But I was like, man. You guys are going to have to start taking some swings. And speaking of the World Series, I'm glad uh, that they have my man Pete Rose on there. Uh, just go ahead and put the dude in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's good. He's good for baseball. Um, despite what's happened, you know, just bringing him back on and letting him be a part of the game uh, is the step I guess they're taking to get him acclimated, to get everyone convinced that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. And I have... Uh, just in case you guys uh, forgotten, I have Ronzel Newsom. Uh, Zell, you on? I should be. <laughs> you should what be. Up? Okay. Yeah, we got you on. What's going on, Zellio? What's happening? Did you watch any of the Cubs game? I, I think you said you didn't, but did uh, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't catch it to the end, to the very end, to probably the last, <laughs> the ninth inning. Okay. So you didn't you, you didn't miss much. Yeah. It was just, I mean, no, I just, I, I just, uh, yeah, from what I saw on ESPN and uh, listening to everybody today, it it uh, didn't sound good. But their chances, their chances uh, of redeeming themselves, sound, you know, sound pretty good. Yeah, because. Uh, the Cubs have a good pitching uh, pitching lineup, and so that's what a lot of people are feeling like, you know, as it uh, goes on to uh, further along in the next couple games uh, where it's really at the Cubs' advantage. They just need to take one at Cleveland, and then they can yeah. go ahead and just run the table on them. So, it, it, you know, and it's funny with us because if you don't know, Ronzel and I are basically the same height, which is not very tall. But we grew up, and, you know, growing up in the community that I did, people played multiple sports. You know, we weren't really specialized. So I remember Ronzel playing running back. You went to IC, correct? I went to Lakeshore. Lakeshore, that's right. Yep. Went to Lakeshore, 
uh, played football. I played football. Ronzo played basketball. For a quick minute, I played basketball. It, I actually wrestled because I was like, I'm good at this. And, you know, there was no discriminating against uh, my size and things like that. Either <laughs> you beat me or you couldn't. And so did you play baseball, Ronzo? Played baseball, too, yeah. Okay, what position did you play in baseball? Shortstop and second base. Okay, so it's it's really, yeah, you had that, and you ran track, and I ran track, cross country, things mm-hmm. like that, and play volleyball. But what people don't know, I mean, Ronzel's been on before, but Ronzel, tell people what you're doing and your background a little bit, so we, we're going to get you reacclimated to some of these people. Oh, okay. Um, doing basketball right now, heavy basketball training. Um, have an AAU program, Future Elite. Uh, uh, personal basketball training and development, uh, AR Vision basketball, and basically you can find us in the gym. That's uh, that's where we at. Yeah, and, and you go in there, and it's cool because uh, at the facility that they are. Uh, that Rondell trains out of, it had uh, a, a guy I grew up with that I actually played football and wrestled with. Derek Noble has one of the top wrestling programs in the country. And then we have Ryan Stewart, who's a little bit younger than us. But Ryan is just, I mean, he's a student at whatever he does. You know, you could put him, give him uh, Mandarin and he'll learn it that day. He's that type of guy. Uh, and Ryan's doing a lot with football and strength and conditioning uh, for the different sports. But now we're at that time of the year where what you do comes into play, Ronzel, and basketball. Are you happy that NBA is, is uh, the season started? Did it not come too fast for you? It just no, seemed like it basketball, just it never come too fast. Actually, I'm waiting on a lot of college, but I'm glad uh, – the pros have started. You know, football is kind of slow this year for some reason. Um, We're get to that, by the way. Yeah, Cubs uh, keeping baseball alive. Normally, baseball here is, is usually over with by now, and everybody's <laughs> waiting on the Bulls and basketball to start. So since the Cubs are still playing, a lot of people, a lot of us are still, you know, watching baseball. Um, but, yeah, the NBA started last night, so uh, – it's time to get busy. And it's funny you say that. You just kind of just bypass the Chicago Bears. But also, yeah. I think what made this summer go by a little bit faster in that quote-unquote dead period was the fact that we had the Olympics. And I think the Olympics, you oh, know, yeah. because you had basketball yeah. in the summer with that, so it was easier uh, to wait for that transition. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, the, the the Olympics always, uh, you know, actually it made the summer go a lot faster than it usually does, to tell you the truth. Absolutely, absolutely. So now going into this NBA season, what, you know, real fast and we'll probably have to go over, uh, come back. But what are you looking for, looking towards this year, you know? with the NBA? It's two things. I'm a big Laker fan. So okay. obviously I'm looking at the uh, and at the Lakers uh, 
roster, young roster and a resurgence of the Lakers with Luke Walton over there, obviously coming from Golden State, uh, winning the last few years. Um, and uh, the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant, like everybody is, is seeing that, you know, that team actually being uh, loved and now uh, the villains when they go on the road, kind of like uh, a few years ago when LeBron joined the team, is going to make the you know the NBA pretty interesting in in at the beginning of the year. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Cool. Well, we're going to go back or come back in a second and just talk a little bit more about the NBA um, and get your thought on some a few things. And so we'll be back. Give us a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back uh, talking a little bit of basketball with Ronzel. And so you're looking for the Lakers. I'll say what I'm looking for. I'm interested to see what San Antonio does without Tim Duncan. And I'm also wondering what type of cohesion will be with both the Bulls and the Knicks, you know, because you have a lot of new pieces, 
I think the Knicks acclimation process might be a little bit easier than the uh, Bulls because the Bulls, you have two new parts that have never, I mean, you have part overall with the starters that have never worked together as opposed to the Knicks where at least, you know, you're coming in and you have Joaquin and you have uh, D. Rose that have played together. What's your thoughts yes. on that? Well, actually, the uh, well, the Knicks played last night. They got smashed uh, by uh, Cleveland, and uh, it's going to take a while for them. It, it, to me, it's just a a, a stopgap for New York until they figure out which direction they're going to go in. Um, you know, Rose has been hurt the last few years. Joaquin been hurt the last few years. Carmelo is uh, not a spring chicken, so I think they still have to work some things out. They got a new coach, so um, you know I think they got to figure out uh, how to play together and actually figure out what system they're going to use over there in New York. So, who do you think has the harder transition, the Knicks or the Bulls? Um, I actually think the Knicks do. The Knicks, uh, I really? think the Bulls, uh, what they did, I like what they did um, with the veterans they got, Rondo and uh, Rondo and uh, Dwayne Wade uh, with Jimmy Butler. The Bulls mm-hmm. got championship players. You know, Rondo is, you know, has won a championship with Boston. Um Wade has won the championship with Miami, so you know those guys are coming. You know they're they're championship and they're they're winners. So it, I think it'll be an easier transition. You know with the Bulls players. So you think because they won championships that their transi- transition would be easier to get acclimated than the Knicks? See, I would think just the oh, yeah. opposite. Like I'm looking at the Knicks. And I'm saying, well, since, you know, Derrick Rose and Noah have played together and, you know, at least you have two of your core pieces that have some chemistry, um, you know, uh, that's where and then you have the rest of the New York Knicks that have played under that same coach. So it's really those two kind of fitting in, even though is Jaquim coming off the bench or is he actually starting? Because I didn't he watch that. He should be starting. I think he started last night. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would have. I, I'm leaning more towards. I think that the Knicks will have a better transition than the Bulls, but we'll see. So, if you were to guess early, who would you say will be the league's MVP for basketball? Um. Uh, that's tough. I'm looking at. I, I hope. Uh, Westbrook wins it. I hope OKC is good enough to where Westbrook wins it, but I think it's going to be between... I I don't think LeBron will win it because he's won it multiple times and everybody expects Cleveland to be good anyway. I think it's going to be... The best story usually wins the MVP to me. The the year's best story usually wins the MVP. So if OKC is done and Westbrook has a season, he'll win it. If um, the beer James Harden has a good season, 
Houston is better than they thought he'll win it. Um, I don't think KD or uh, Curry will win it just because everybody expects them to win anyway. But I think it'll be between uh, Westbrook and Harden, depending on what their teams do. What about Kawhi? I, like I, I can see. Oh yeah, Kawhi too. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 yeah, if, I, I, right, I liked if him if last year. I mean, there, they, yeah, they say? do what they did last night to a lot of teams. Yeah, he he he's definitely in the top three um, MVP contenders, top five yeah. at least. The silent, the silent assassin. I just that's what I call. I just I'm like that dude. If Steph Curry and them weren't unconscious last year. Like they were in regular season, you know, then Kawhi would be the dude, you know, in my in my estimation. But I would have to say that Kawhi, and then you know Westbrook is that dude, and now I think he has what he wants. Put the whole team on my on my shoulders. I don't now. Yeah. I don't have to be considerate of anyone else, and I'm going to be the full time dog that I am. I don't have to worry about passing it to a you know some <laughs> exactly. people, huh? Exactly. Yeah, some people don't need another high, high-profile player to, you know, to be as successful. Sometimes for some players, that actually hurts. I mean, even though Pippen was yeah. good, but just you know, it was like both of them. Everybody both knew Michael Jordan was the best player. Yeah, and and, and the thing I think with uh, with the Thunder last year is. Both players needed the balls of the ball in their hands, and I think yeah. that was the difference between, like, you know, some of the other, you know, superstars and their co-stars. Where yeah, I definitely. think now he's definitively the star, and he doesn't have to acquiesce to another star of equal level. Um, I, I think the first couple years, you know, even going back to them, and we could talk about it uh, another time. I think it just killed them when they let James Harden go. I think they had, you know, and James Harden was wise to say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to come off the bench. And I think that made uh-huh. them a better team. Um, so who, if you had to guess today, Zell, uh, I've got like two more questions for you. Who do you think will uh-huh. take it off? Who, would, who do you think will be take it off? Uh, Cleveland will again. You think Cleveland? Think Cleveland is. Yeah, I think Cleveland is tough. I think LeBron, um, whether people like him or not, um, a dude is hard to beat. Um, I think they got a little bit more confidence this year. I think even though they won it last year, they still got a chip on their shoulders because of the KD. Um, You know, KD going to Golden State and everybody uh, watching Golden State so much, I think Cleveland is still – I think they'll still be tough to beat. And they made a couple of nice pickups, but um, they'll still be tough to beat. And as you can see, the first game of the season, Golden State can be beat. You know, they'll get better, obviously, throughout the year, but um, <clears throat> they can be beat. They got a lot of holes in that roster. Yeah, and I think with them, too, it is just going to take a acclimation process. And one thing I think is good that they've lost now early or, you know, even though it's the first game, we don't know how they're going to be the next yeah. 10 games. But I right. think 
just with certain teams, sometimes it's just better. If you're going to take your lumps, take it early. So then that way yeah. you can address the problems, you can fix it, and not go along further. And then you realize you have a bigger problem or it's almost spread like a cancer. And so I think that early detection actually will help with them uh, acclimating and getting some chemistry. Whereas if they yeah. just went and won last night or just starts blowing everybody out, I think that you end up with a great record in regular season and no championship. Yeah. No, they'll be better. But I think um, the holes that they have in their roster um, – they're, they're, it'll be tough for them to beat some good teams. They'll have to be on fire to beat some good teams. Mm-hmm. But um, they got a lot of holes. Their bench is, is weaker than it was last year. They lost a lot. Um, they got smashed on the offensive rebounding. Um, you know, defensively, they weren't, you know, as tough as uh, they were last year. And like you said, it's still the first game, but there's a lot of uh, – telling points in that um, and, and you know with their roster that's going to go a long way actually at, losing Andrew Bogut was, it will be bigger a bigger problem than they thought I think originally and losing some of that bench scoring they had yeah and, and what but they do they improve in one sense because they have another person you know that they have so much flexibility what they could do with KD and yeah. you know where you could get a more consistent player than what you had in Harrison Barnes. So, right. but now. Yeah, that's true. So the next question I'm going to ask you, who would you pick as, early guessing, who would you pick as the rookie of the year? Ooh, rookie of the year. Let me think, let me think. Uh Mm, I wish I, I I wish I could say Brandon Ingram with the Lakers, mm-hmm. but he might not be starting this year. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say go off on the limb and say Jalen Brown with uh, with Boston Celtics. Why is that? He's tough. He's a dog. He's a dog. If he gets the amount of play, if he gets. 20 to 25 minutes a game. I mm-hmm. think uh, with Ben Simmons hurt in uh, Philly and them not knowing when he's going to come back, number one pick, I think uh, yep. Jalen Brown, if he gets the minutes, he'll be tough in, uh, in Boston. And the system that they run um, is, is conducive to how he plays. I mm-hmm. think he'll win. The, uh, actually, I should uh, look at the odds in Vegas on that. With who picked Jalen Brown <laughs> when the <laughs> rookie of the year? Well, hey, remember your boy and let me know how that works out uh, with the <laughs> Vegas. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really excited to see what happens in uh, basketball as well. But, you know, my first love is football. But we're going to go into break and we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So Ronzel had to go. He had to get back to training. Uh, it's, it's good to have a different perspective, especially with basketball. And if you guys are in the Chicagoland area and you want your kids to learn some basketball skills, things like that, I would say that uh, Ronzel is definitely a guy that you want to connect uh, with your kids and things like that. Um, but we're going to move on to my favorite sport, football. And um, – Dealing with college football, I don't know how many of you all saw that Bama game. Um, it, it was funny. I was watching the game with a group of dudes from Bama, and it was really interesting. Um, I felt like if one team that could have beat Bama would have been that was remaining on their roster uh, would definitely had been had um, been. Texas Tech. I felt like Texas Tech was so just wily and stuff like that that you it would have been just hard for Bama to get them. And I was waiting for the freshman. I, I said all along the freshman would come in and make mistakes. And he actually, the dude, he made some mistakes, but he played his butt off. And it was just it was amazing to see that um, that it was a good game. I felt like Texas Tech, it was their game to lose, and that's what they did. They lost. I felt like if they would have controlled the ball, moved the pocket a little bit more for their quarterback, it would put them in a better situation um, to put it on them, and they just didn't do that, and it came back to bite them. And once it was a very physical game, I mean, they was knocking everybody out there. Uh, and in fact, it was like – I was putting Nick Saban to the side because I thought they was going to knock him out. They was hitting so hard. But I just think that it was – Alabama, I still feel like somebody's going to sneak up on them uh, before playoffs. And once that happens, you know, now that it's happening later, uh, that could be problematic um, within even their conference. But then uh, the disappointing game 
And I think a lot of people took this game lightly, and that was the uh, Ohio State-Penn State game. Now, you know, I love the Buckeyes. I thought they was going to do the dang thing. Um, maybe they were looking ahead towards Michigan. But, you know, a lot of the first few games of the season, Ohio State has taken, like, some of the games they've had been somewhat sluggish and just not as sharp as you would expect. But the good thing is they're still not out of the rankings. They're, what, six in the eight, uh, college AP and um, – eighth and the other and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with you know when they first of all play Michigan it's really going to be crazy because I think that Michigan is on a tear and um, it'll just be a situation where they but Michigan has to watch out for Michigan State but it'll be a situation where both of them, if Ohio State wins, I still think Michigan is a playoff team. If Michigan wins, then obviously Ohio State uh, is out. You know, simple as that. So we'll see what happens. We have Maurice uh, calling in, uh, so it's good to get get the crew back on. Maurice, are you on? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Maurice. What's going on? What's going on, man? Long time no hear from, brother. I know, I know. It's been hard to get away, but yeah, I had to hey, leave uh, listen, work listen. early to get home, but uh, decided to go hey. ahead and call in. Hey, you I was the end of the last getting... segment. I know you're moving on to football, but uh, I, well, I, if, I, if I could you just... distracted me with, with the call. I was, try, I was trying to read the text, and I was like, I'm losing my train. Yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm, in, I'm stuck in traffic. I, I tried to uh, reach out with one hand, but uh, you okay. know, I wanted to uh, let you know. Um, real quick, if I can, I, and I don't know if Zell hit on this. He may have because I caught the tail end of it. But did he talk about the defensive deficiency? No, he did not. Okay. That was the, that was going to be the glaring question mark coming into this season because what people aren't talking about, yeah, you got KD bringing firepower, but look who they lost in the offseason. They lost two anchors with Bogut and Azili, both in free agency. So right mm-hmm. now it's not a question about scoring points. It's about stopping teams. And Golden State over the last few years was one of the better defensive teams in the league. And and now you know. Look how many points they gave up last night. So uh, that's again, all I had to say. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna say this again. It was one game. Is it? Does that one game cause for uh, panic? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is. That's going to be a, a question mark throughout the uh, remainder of the season, especially even though it's just one game. But when they're when they're playing top tier competition, whether it be San Antonio Clippers, or uh, I can tell you another team that's that's going to give them problems, and you saw it in the playoffs a bit last year, is Portland. You know, with D- Damian Lillard and and crew. You know, they they put up big numbers last night uh, with uh, McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard. So, you know, the question is, what are they going to do to show up the middle? What are, what are they going to do to detour easy baskets? 
And and uh, and that's what Bogut was in there for. He wasn't in there for offensive purposes. He was in there to you know detour easy baskets and 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 anchor that that defense. And the same with Azili off the bench. But you look at them now. I mean, look how small they were throughout the game. So we'll see what Steve Kerr does going down going down the road. But as for right now, that's that's one of the main things. Who cares about you know? Uh, Clay Thompson not hitting shots, going you know three for ten or two for ten from three, and 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 Steph struggling. Who cares? They're going to hit a good number of their shots, but what are they going to do on the defensive end? And that's the question mark. True that. True that. Well, like I said, it will be interesting. I, I definitely don't think it's a need to panic. I think you know, especially with people being gone for the Olympics, things like that. If anything, that would be. You know, I, I, I well, not so much with their team, but I just think that, you know, the long summer stuff like that, that come end of November, mid-December, they'll have it together, and then they'll just start opening up cans on people. So, but anyway, we're going to get back to uh, college football. Did you watch the Ohio State-Penn State game? You know what? I caught the tail end of that because I was flipping back and forth between that and another game in the NLCS. So uh, I, I was shocked, actually, uh, to to see how Ohio State really struggled to to move the ball. And of course, you know it's, it's difficult going in a happy valley and uh, getting a win. And and that and that's this is actually a very big win for Penn State, who has proven that you know they're you know, turning the table on the Joe Paterno years and or turning the page, you know, actually, and uh, playing competitive football. But I was actually shocked that uh, they they really looked uh, out of whack and, and, and a, a little bit deficient. You know, in terms of Ohio State, you think of Ohio State, Michigan, having far superior athletes than, um, you know, most of the, you know, the rest of the pack in the Big Ten. But yeah. it didn't look like that uh, that night. You know, and I caught parts and pieces of the game. I was just like, but it it didn't shock me that Penn State lost. It just it shocked me who they lost to. <laughs> uh, I, I really was thinking if they were going to take an L, it would be against Michigan. Now, this might be good. It may be the wake-up call so when they play Michigan. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, oh, crap, it's do or die now. Um, and we can't take any. I, I believe that. We can't take anyone lightly, and so because of that, I think. But also, Michigan has to look at it and say, "It, it is crazy." But I just think that Michigan State is the dream killer for teams. Like I never count them out of a game, no matter who they play. You know, even though they've lost some games and stuff like that, I'm really concerned when Michigan and Michigan State plays. So it, it'll be very interesting. And uh, kudos go out to Western Michigan in the top 25. Uh, who would have thought? <laughs> well, well, you know you know how I feel about, you know, the mid-major teams not getting the love that they need. I mean, that Western Michigan team is a very, very good team, as well as Boise State this year. But uh, I, I, going back to Michigan, Michigan State, I agree with you from this standpoint. We all know that Michigan State has struggled uncharacteristically this year on both sides of the ball. When you're giving up 
I think it was, what, 52 points to a Northwestern team that struggles offensively, that has struggled offensively like the last two years, is absolutely inexcusable. And, but this is the one game, you know, those rivalry games that are on the schedule where you can throw out the records, throw out poor performances in the past, and I believe this game is in East Lansing also. So mm-hmm. Michigan has a lot of pressure on themselves. And if, they, if they're overlooking this game and thinking, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be a cakewalk and they're looking down the road, you know, a couple of weeks to Ohio State, they could be in from a, for a rude awakening despite how Michigan State has looked in the last, you know, four or five weeks. Yeah. Now, hey. I would have to say the games I'm looking forward to is uh, this weekend, Clemson versus Florida State, Utah versus Washington. Huh? Very good matchup. Very and good matchup. Michigan, Michigan are- State. And this is interesting, uh, Nebraska versus Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, you know, that's uh, that was a subject earlier, you know, in sports talk is, the amount of love or, or lack of love that Nebraska has uh, received since they're 7-0. But I've, I've watched Nebraska play a couple of games this year, and even though they're 7-0, they, they weren't impressive wins. Uh, they, they struggled at times with an Illinois team that is just that they don't have the horses. They've struggled with uh, teams like, I, I think, Purdue, I believe. Uh, so... This would be an interesting game with uh, with with, Nebraska, with uh, Wisconsin at Camp Randall, and uh, the other game, you know, upset alert is uh, Washington at at Utah. You know, Washington's yep. played very good football, and because they're on that left coast, they don't get the recognition that they deserve. But going into Utah is a very very tough task because that Utah even. It, that Utah team, even though their record doesn't reflect how good they are, they play hard-nosed, tough football, and it's not going to be an easy task going in there to, to try to steal a win. So that's a very interesting game. And also, you know, you mentioned the Clemson-Florida State game. Florida State is in a, a similar situation where they have a couple of losses on their resume, you know, so they're going to be looking like looking at it like, okay, this is a way for us to, you know, at least – uh, get back in the conversation for the ACC, not not necessarily the uh, a national title. I think that's you know that, that's over with. But in terms of winning but, the ACC, uh, this is a ACC, very important game for them. If they win the ACC, it does conjure up another conversation. But uh, what we're going to do we're going to take a break and we'll be back. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. 
formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. Now, Reese, it, it really bothers me anytime uh, things with domestic violence and things of that nature. And to see how the whole issue and the history, uh, all the things that are coming out uh, dealing with Josh Brown, how it was handled. Um, first of all, you know, his wife is always tough in a sense for her. Is, you know, if I report this, this is how we're supported as a family. But how things were handled. I just didn't see it on the same scales of that of a Ray Rice, a um, you go back to Greg Hardy. Heck, you go back to a lot of other things that guys, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets suspended for six games or four games for the plated footballs, yet Josh Brown gets suspended one game for abusing his wife. And you can't tell me that the two compare. Uh, I mean, the crimes compare. It's just, they they need to take hold of this situation and figure out how they are going to adjust this. Is it, you know, because you can't even, you know, some people make it a racial issue saying, okay, this is how these three players were dealt with with the whole domestic issue. But heck, Tom Brady is white. And he got hit harder than they did for domestic violence. Or, I mean, than he did for domestic violence. What's your thoughts on that, Reese? I think um, you you can look at this situation from a few different angles. Of course, you know, it'll be easy to uh, look at it from the the, the racial aspect and and, uh, compare, you know, the Ray Rice incident and the Hardy incident with this. And, and that's, you know, definitely understandable. Um, but I, I'm looking at it uh, at, at the NFL as an organization, 
and wondering when the schizophrenic uh, nature of it is going to end. Now, case in point, didn't, I mean, right after the Ray Rice incident, didn't they hire like a panel of uh, like females that yes, would oversee this, these types of situations and, 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 you know, participate in the, uh, I guess, I don't necessarily want to say judgment, but, you know, participate in the entire process of the uh, investi- <clears throat> investigation and, and fact-finding and things of that nature. So my question is, how does the ball get dropped so badly in this regard? What, and, and it brings to mind, you know, it, it makes me wonder, was the news of them hiring uh, what, three female attorneys or whatever, I can't remember exactly was, was that strictly PR? It makes you revisit, you know, months ago uh, or, or over a year ago when, it, when, that, when that first transpired, you know, was it just PR? Was it just something to cool down the tensions and get the women's lives group off their backs and, and to change the narrative. Oh, we're making a bold statement by, you know, setting up this group and, and, and giving them power over, over these types of things. It, it makes you wonder, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, we brought up Penn State earlier, but it makes me think of the whole Jerry Sandusky uh, situation because, the New York Giants had to have known this for for quite some time. It wasn't and like she got abused and then, you know, it was something one, one, one and done. Well, they had issues at the Pro Bowl that not only the uh, the Giants knew, the league knew. So then my question is, I mean, how does the league, when they even see him getting re-upped for a contract, do they not call and say, hey, I got a question for you. I mean, we didn't deal with this. But how are you resigning this cat? You know what I mean? But here's another issue I have with this. Is it, I don't hear as many people raising hell over the Josh Brown issue as they are the Colin Kaepernick issue. I mean, this is where we are as a society. We have to look at. So him taking a knee versus him putting his hands on his wife and doing the things that he did. Why isn't that the issue that is being the topic of this discussion on the social media sites and hell being raised about that? You know, uh, I have a, I have a problem with that. And I mean, it's not just the skills of the NFL. It's the skills of our society that is just like, Hey, let's look at this. Let's have this conversation. Let's look at the situation and say, what is the bigger issue here? Absolutely. I, I think it just shows how disingenuous uh, some of the people that are raving, you know, mad over Colin Kaepernick. It's almost like, you know, swatting at flies but missing the huge pile of manure in the other corner of the room, you know, in, in terms of, like, comparing – this situation with, I believe, you know, uh, paying homage to a flag and, and we're not going to rehash, you know, the national anthem and its meaning, but 
you know, a, a big deal was paid, you know, to the Ray Rice incident and, and uh, spousal abuse and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, brutality in general, whereas, like you said, this seems to have paled. And, and again, you know, media is going to put light on what they want to put light on to for, for other purposes, you know, anyway. So the Josh Brown incident wasn't a racially motivated, you know, incident, whereas, you know, the, the Colin Kaepernick, they're, they're, most of the people that are enraged are not, uh, not us, you know, not people of color, because we understand the history of this nation. And then when you research the national anthem, you know, it brings a whole other perspective on top of that. But with Josh Brown, as just, you know, a white dude, he beat his wife, you know, that's not necessarily newsworthy to mainstream media. So I, I think that plays a huge role as well. Well, and so here's my other issue, or, or other thing that's going on with the league. Um, I really think they should abolish Thursday night football. I, I see it being not, you know, with the ratings going down and then, you, you have to chase this game being streamed on Twitter and this and that. I think that uh, – I don't think that Thursday night football is beneficial for the league or the players. Uh, you know, I just think they're better off doing away with it. And, you know, so the league has a few things that they need. And, you know, I know we only got two minutes uh, to talk about this, but the other thing is uh, with the league – Three things I'm gonna. The third thing I'm gonna bring up, Reese. I was fortunate to go to the Seattle versus uh, Cardinals game, and I was sitting by the lovely Jordan Sparks. And I gotta tell you this: Jordan is a football head. I mean, my girl knows her stuff. We we're going over things, you know, like she was talking about her fantasy. She wouldn't sit down. Uh, if you guys haven't looked at my Facebook page, you'll see Jordan on there. Her mama was recording her because she was just off the chain with it. Um, but the whole issue, I mean, the Cardiac Cardinals and the Seahawks going into overtime and ending with a tie, I think is not beneficial in a game of football for either one to end in a tie. What's your, we have a quick one minute. What's your thoughts? No, I, I totally agree. Uh, case in point. You know, tomorrow night, uh, Tennessee is playing uh, Indy, uh, right? Jacksonville and, and, and Nashville. And it's like, why is that a marquee game on a Thursday night? You know, why, why would you schedule? And the thing is, you can project. You know, Vegas does a good job of projecting who's going to do what in the season. Yeah. You can yeah. project yeah. ahead of time. So well, it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, we got to close out because it's uh, less than 30 seconds. But, Reese, we're going to get you back on here next week because, you know, we could go on and on and we forgot about some things we should have talked about. So, uh, hey, follow us on the man page. Maybe Reese and I will pick, uh, put up our picks. Thank you all for joining us. Those are on Facebook Live. Love you. Thanks for the support. We are out of here. Peace.
All right, we're just about out of here. But make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.